Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single morning here on 103.1 uh, celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And as I always say, we also celebrate Mississippians that are working hard to make our state better. And, uh, you know, we had one of those conversations yesterday with Stacy Pickering, who is uh, the executive director for the Mississippi Veterans Affairs. He's been a leader in the state for new, many, many years. But, hey, let me bring Kyle into the conversation and say, you know, Kyle, the thing I enjoyed most about that conversation, first of all, that, you know, Stacy and his team are working so hard to make veterans uh, homes across Mississippi cutting edge from a technological point of view. It's incredible the kind of things that they're looking at these days, isn't it? It really is. It's like it's nice to see that there's a more active role in what our veterans are receiving now than I initially thought. Yeah. For some reason, I think in the past, it kind of almost seemed out of sight, out of mind, but it seems like there's more of an active um, effort to make sure that these veterans do receive the care that they're they deserve yeah the way he said the way he said that is actually good i think it often is out of sight out of minds but the way he said it is that as veterans near the end of life they're not just focused on keeping them comfortable <laughs> they're keeping they're focused on creating the sort of environment and, and bringing the kind of technology in that can en enable them to have as high quality of life as they possibly can. And their extreme focus on that and the ratings that they get. And, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're rated by family members and veterans, it's, it's no surprise actually that Mississippi continues to rank extraordinarily well when it comes to this, this area of what our state has to offer. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? It really is. I wish we could rank higher in other aspects of uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like COVID, for example. You know what? What he said. <clears throat> what he said about COVID, though, was really good. You know that they had uh, in the original, the original wave of COVID. I think they said, unfortunately, God bless them all. Ninety-five. They lost ninety-five veterans. But in the most recent wave, with everyone vaccinated, they've not lost a single veteran. To COVID, it just it, again, it just shows you that vaccinations work, doesn't it? It really does, and you know, I think there's been a lot of professionals out front saying that from the beginning. Now, um, I was doing. Did I see that you posted yesterday on the Coast View page about people asking people if they've changed their mind about the vaccine? Some of those early non-vaxxers, and then somebody close to them, or got more research, more information that they've changed their mind. Have you heard back? I did, man. It's interesting. Kyle, they fall in two categories. Uh, I, see, I'll grab one while I'm talking to you. There's one here that I'll share with you. But they fall in two two different categories. One is they want to tell me their story, but they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to share it with the public. They they actually fear, you know, that some of the people around them will you know, put pressure on them for getting the vaccine. That's in that. I mean, think about that for a minute. That's kind of sad to hear that. I did hear. Let me let me let me find that here. Um, uh, uh, a young man named um, Cal Hatton 
sent me a note. And he said, if it helps you with your research for your story, he said, and I asked for permission, incidentally, to use his name and also share this note. He said, we got, we decided to get vaccinated as we didn't want to be another one of the statistics of the people who are remaining unvaccinated. We pushed it off because we believed all hype about it uh, was just put together, about it being put together fast, that is the vaccine, and how many people had negative reactions. So we did our own research and we decided that it would be better to take the risk of very low percentage of negative reaction with the vaccine than all the negative from getting COVID. Sadly, the day I got vaccinated, I also felt bad and got tested later and tested positive. So I currently am sitting here with COVID and my daughter just started a fever last night, moving into today as well. So her and my son are getting going to get tested at the doctor today. And my wife is coughing and has drainage. So we're upset with ourselves for waiting so long, but upset that we allowed others to keep us from getting the vaccine sooner. Now I'm scheduled to go get the infusion today and pray my kids and my wife don't have it. And, and if they do, I pray it would be very mild. And he went on to tell me that he has asthma. And I mean, he's scared to death, Kyle. You know, I think I th I'm hearing this over and over again, that people, they had peer pressure. They were getting bad information on Facebook and they got COVID. And now they're like, oh, my God, how many people have I infected? It's, it's really sad, man. Yeah, the peer pressure is unbelievable. It, you know, it's fine if you don't want to get vaccinated. OK, don't put pressure on other people because of something that you believe in and something in your mind. I, I see that more than anything on social media. It's everybody that, for whatever reason, they don't want to get vaccinated and they spill all of their reasons for why and try and pressure other people and shame them into getting or staying vaccinated, getting yeah. vaccinated or not. Yeah. yeah, but you and I have been really focused on, we know that's happening, but we've been focused on saying, okay, there's so much misinformation out there through Dr. Conger and the people who lead the hospitals and all this information they're providing to us. We're going to make sure at least that we're providing the best information possible to people so they can make the best choice so that they're not making their choices based on bad information, which is, you know, I know this is a serious problem. And Cal Hatton, thank God and, and bless him for being willing to tell the story that he was impacted by all that negative information and ultimately decided to get the vaccine unfortunately with him it's too late and let's let's pray that his family is going to be okay but that's hard to read isn't it it really is the message out there is so fractured it's so left and versus right and it you know it just everybody yeah. can figure I something know. out now one thing it's kind of aggravating now because you don't know really where, who's got the right message and the ones that you think have the right message you almost get shamed into believing that You've yeah. done all kinds of work in the past, and you've worked with Governor Barber after Katrina. Yeah. Um, I've heard you talk about the work you've done in Alabama after the oil spill. How does the pandemic now, how does this kind of compare to that? What do you see going on now? Well, I think, you know, if you compare, I, I led the oil recovery efforts for Governor Riley, and obviously, you know, I worked closely with Haley Barber, as you pointed out, was a vice chairman of that effort, helped inform it the commission. I helped him write his book. I wrote the foreword to his book on Katrina. And I, I've gotten, you know, because I was a publisher for, you know, 15, 16 years, I got a chance to, to work with a lot of governors. I worked closely with Phil Bryant. I, what I don't like about what's happening in the pandemic is that it's being politicized, unfortunately. And I wish Tate Reeves, if I were advising Tate Reeves, I would tell him to get out of the mansion. I'd get a, tell him to get on that state jet and go from hospital to hospital and bring a, a horde of media people 
people with you and, and, and share what's happening at the hospitals and urge people to get vaccinated. Now, he said this, and he did this long post regurgitating what the emergency medical folks are doing, the, you know, the Department of Health and others, Dr. Dobbs and others. They, no one argues that they're doing a good job. But what he needs on top of that is to put some leadership on top of that. But he says, please pray for your fellow Mississippians. Be smart. Remain calm. Ignore all the irrational uh, folks. Do what's best for you and your family. But what is best? What's best, Dr. Conger says, and everyone is, all the doctors are saying, is get vaccinated. Um, but, you know, he says remain calm. I, it, it, there are 130 th people hospitalized right now at Singing River. Uh, 33 of those are in the ICU. 26 of those are on, on ventilators. 26. And fit, the average age is 58. 123 are unvaccinated. Only seven were vaccinated, and the average age of those is 77. You you get you see what those numbers are telling you, but you know, are you telling those people to be calm and that they're irrational? They have stories to tell. What I would do if I were advising the governor is say, please get out of the mansion, go visit these hospitals, and bring enormous potential to what's happening. This is happening to Republicans and Democrats alike and everyone in between. This is not a political issue. You cannot force people to get the vaccine. You cannot strong arm them. You can only give them accurate information. But you can certainly, as a leader, urge people to get it. And he's afraid to do that because I believe he's making a political calculus. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah, so that's, that's my thought. He doesn't want to go back on his stance of the vaccine and the masks. And he's, you know, stood tall. He's no mask, no mask. And now it's. I know. I know. It's a. It's an unfortunate situation, but hopefully, you know, he's listening to his advisors. It's not too late. There's a lot of lives that could be could be saved if, if our leadership, and this goes for all leaders across the state, would step up to the plate. Like Stacey Pickering did yesterday. Just He says it's just common sense. You know, look at the numbers. It, they tell you what you need to do. So Kyle, thank you, brother. You're such a great, I mean, one of the things that's cool about you, Kyle, is that you don't just produce the show. You pay attention. And watching you grow and watching you learn with me, man, we learn something new every day, don't we? Yeah, we really do. Uh, you know, I just try to learn everything I can. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job. So now let's uh, let's shift gears. We want to move to Chris Howard, uh, my new friend. In fact, I, I we were we were visiting a little bit before the the show started. Uh, Chris is actually the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services, and we'll talk more about what that is here in just a second. But back back in the day, I was chairman of the of the board for Goodwill Industries of South Mississippi, and then obviously publisher of the Sun Herald. And Chris and my past crossed during that time, so it's been a while since I've seen him, and we sort of had to reconnect this morning before the show started. But first of all, let me welcome you to Coast View, Chris. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, Ricky. Thanks for having me on the show today. It's always a great opportunity to talk about the Department of Rehab Services. And it's so good to, good to see you. By the way, I see you're sitting in your office. You must enjoy the outdoors in Mississippi. <laughs> I do. You know, people say, do you play golf? And I'm like, you can't be good just playing golf three months out of the year. Because I'm telling you, when deer <laughs> season opens up in October, I'm in the woods from October to January 31st. So, <laughs> Yeah, me too, man. I got a place up in the Mississippi Delta. And... You know, it's about family and faith and, you know, you know, reminding yourself how amazing the state is. The sort of deer hunting part of it is just kind of lanyard, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than sitting on that deer stand and seeing that sun come up and the animals come out. It's just, man, it's, it's like church every morning. <laughs> well, we're so blessed to be in this amazing state in that regard. That is, for, that is for sure. But, hey, you heard, Chris, you heard the conversation I was having about COVID. 
but but to to you is is the message sort of like Stacy Pickering, just kind of a basic commonsensical message. I, actually, let's do this. We're coming to the end of this segment. When we come back, I want to get your thoughts about about where, what you're doing within your agency as it relates okay. to the vaccination, and then we'll talk about a really really important effort that you guys are in, behind. We'll see you after this break. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I'm having a conversation with Chris Howard, the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. We'll talk a little bit more about what that agency is all about here in just a second. But when we left for a break, we were talking about sort of the COVID situation. So, Chris, how are you guys approaching vaccinations and, you know, creating an environment where people can be safe? Yeah, I'll tell you, first of all, I do want to say I've been vaccinated. I got the the Pfizer vaccine, both shots. Uh, So I am fully vaccinated. and, And I think it's important, you know, especially in the agency we work for, the Department of Rehab Services, because, a lot of times we serve individuals with compromised immune systems. You know, through one of our programs, we serve individuals who are, are basically nursing home eligible. So these individuals have very low immune systems, and, and it's important that, that we keep our, our staff safe and, and also the people we serve safe. And I'll tell you, it's, it's been a crazy year. You know, 1st of June, I sent an email out to staff, staff saying, you know, if you've been vaccinated, uh, you don't have to wear a mask. If you have not been vaccinated, wear a mask. First uh, of July, you know, I, I made masks optional. Uh, that lasted all of two weeks. <laughs> and then the numbers started shooting up and uh, we're requiring masks again. So all employees, whether vaccinated or not, uh, the Department of Rehab Services are, are wearing masks. Again, because I, I believe it's important because of the people we serve. And, you know, I'm, I'm 51 and I feel like I'm in good health. I, I run most every morning and I feel like if I got it, I'd beat it. But, you know, but you just don't know. But my fear is if I give it to my, you know, mother who's over 70 years old or my in-laws who are over 70, um, that's what concerns me is, you know, who I may give it to if I test positive. And, and that's one reason I chose to get the vaccine was to protect everyone around me. You heard that story I told from the young man, Cal Hatton, who sent me a note in response to what I put on the Coastview Facebook page. <clears throat> you know, there, Dr. Conger talked about this a lot. He talks to people uh, you know, literally every day who have what he refers to as bedside regret. You know, yeah. they're in the hospital, they're in the ICU, or maybe not quite to the hospital yet, but they're sick. And their their prevailing thought is, why didn't I get vaccinated? And in, and in, in Kyle's case, you know, he did his own research after being negatively impacted by all the negative information about vaccines. He got vaccinated, but maybe a few days too late, unfortunately. I just hope more people will do what Kyle did and sort of step mm-hmm. up and do their own research and get the best information and try to overcome the misinformation. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I've heard stories yeah. of where, you know, half the family had been vaccinated and the other half had not. And some of the unvaccinated are in the hospital and you've got the vaccinated family members running back between hospital rooms, checking on their unvaccinated um, family members. You know, those are true stories. Those are stories yeah. out there that, you know, really show how important it is to, to get vaccinated to try to beat this thing. So you know, you've got a really important um, celebration in August that we're, we're going to come to in just a second. But before we do, remind people what it is your agency does. 
Yeah, I'd be glad to. I tell you, we are such a great agency. I mean, we are the Department of Rehab Services, and and the sole mission of our agency is is to help individuals with disabilities. You know, we serve about a hundred thousand Mississippians across the state, and uh, got you know done through various programs, and and two of the programs help individuals find those great careers. You know, it's it's maybe an individual who's worked for 25 years, for example, and, and got a disability, and, and now they don't know what they're going to do with their life now, or maybe they've never worked before and want to get into the job market. So what our counselors do is sit down with that individual and determine what they want to do with their life and then create a plan and walk with them step by step to, to help them reach that employment goal. So, you know, really a great program to help folks. Uh, we say become taxpayers. You know, we, we help them help those individuals find those great careers and, and you know, start earning income, paying taxes and, and all that good stuff. So um, that's part of our agency. The other part is, you know, we deal with individuals, work with individuals who have significant disabilities, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, these folks are nursing home eligible, but through our program, we can provide personal care attendant services to, to help individuals live at home with their families as opposed to a nursing home. And I can tell people all the time, you know, you think about if you had a family member who had a significant disability, you know, if you had the option, wouldn't you much rather have that person at home with you as opposed to you having to get off work, maybe grab something to eat, change clothes and, and run to the long term care facility. So it's it's a it's a great program that, that keeps families together and, and keeps individuals in the home. So some really good work going on. COVID, man, I'm telling you, this this year has been crazy. Uh, but luckily through laptops, our case management system is um internet based so we were able to give staff laptops and cell phones and and you know when the governor um sent it basically you know we, we were doing a lot of telework last year and our counselors were able to go home take their take their laptops take their cell phones and create a virtual office in their homes and, and keep serving individuals because you know like i tell people you know disabilities don't disappear during a during a pandemic you know people still need our services so it's great to to have the technology in place to where individuals can go home, be safe, but also continue to serve those that, that really rely on our services. You know, Chris, one of the, I don't know how much you guys are focused on this now, but one of the things that Dr. Conger and Kent Nico from Memorial Hospital and uh, Lee Bond and others have said to me is that there's so many people who have been in ICU who, who have, who've, you know, sort of recovered. And I say sort of recovered because the long lasting injuries to their lungs is pretty significant. And yeah. some, some so much so that they're going to be on disability, uh, probably mm -hmm. maybe for the rest of their life. Are you hearing about those cases yet? We're hearing of some, you know, there are some individuals who, who maybe are having issues like that and, but can still work. You know, so they're eligible through our vocational program. So we're, we're serving individuals that way. And, and we also process disability claims. That's something I didn't mention earlier. But, yeah. you know, through our agency, uh, we make the disability determinations for Social Security. And, uh, you know, we are seeing some cases like that. So, you know, yeah. unfortunately, that's that's the world we live in right now. And it, it, it just, man, it's just, man, it's been a year. I'll tell you. <laughs> it has been. It has been. Okay. So August is able to save money. Tell me more about that. Okay, I'll tell you, ABLE is a, it was created in 2014 by Congress. Uh, Mississippi legislature passed it in 2017. Uh, we started rolling it out about 2018, 2019. But it's an opportunity for individuals with disabilities to save for the future. You know, if you think about it, if someone's on public assistance, Medicaid says you can't have more than $4,000 in assets or they cut your Medicaid off. Social Security says you can't have more than $2,000 or they, they cut your Social Security check off. So through Mississippi ABLE, individuals can put money into an account and they can save for the future. 
and they can, don't have to be worried about, you know, is this money going to knock me out of my Medicaid or out of my Social Security? Because under federal law, it's exempt from those asset limitations. So it's, it's a great opportunity, again, for individuals to save for the future. Um, something else we really like about is, you know, it's also great for parents and grandparents who have young adults with disabilities. You know, as, as we talk to parents, we hear all the time about, you know, what's going to happen to my child when I pass on? You know, that's the greatest fear of a parent, and especially a parent of a child with a disability. But through this program, they can actually put money back. It's like $15,000 a year with a maximum balance of around a quarter of a million dollars. So parents, grandparents can put money back for that young adult. Uh, the earnings are tax-free under the IRS code. Um, contributions into the account are deductible on your Mississippi state income tax. So, you know, if a grandparent wanted to put some money in there for their grandchild, not only will the grandchild have some money for the future, but the grandparent or the parent will have a tax deduction on their Mississippi uh, income tax. So it's kind of a win-win situation. And uh, Tuesday, or Tuesday, August is Mississippi Able to Save Month. And that's why we're really, you know, trying to get the message out this month and, and talk to people about it. Uh, in September, I think it's September 23rd, we're actually having a town hall meeting, uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. It's uh, September 23rd from 5.30 to 6.30. And we're going to be down there talking with individuals about, you know, Mississippi Able, the benefits of it giving individuals the opportunity to ask questions. Uh, we're going to do it face-to-face -face and virtual. We're going to do that, that, you know, have both options out there. So people, if they, if they want to come, that's great. If they don't feel comfortable about getting out, um, they can Zoom in. Uh, the Zoom link is, is on our Facebook page, Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. It's also on our website, mdrs.ms.gov, and also on mississippiable.com. So we are all over uh, you know, promoting that and, and the great possibilities and opportunities it, it provides individuals to, to save for the future. Wow, that is so important. And look, people can go to MississippiAble.com. That's a great, easy-to-remember website, MississippiAble.com. And while you were talking, I was thinking about I have several friends of mine who have uh, who have kids with disabilities, and I bet they, you know, they may not know about this. And will they be able to find everything they need to know by going to MississippiAble.com? Yes. Yeah. You can go to MississippiAble.com. It tells you how to set up an account. There is no charge to set an account up. You know, a lot of times we hear parents may set up like a special needs trust, you know, but if you go that route, it could be a few thousand dollars to open an account. Um, but if you go to MississippiAble.com, um, it's it's free to, to start one up. I think the monthly fee is like four or five bucks. I know it's under five dollars. Um, so it's, it's very reasonable. And the way Mississippi set our account up is uh, you can actually start using that money tomorrow or you can save it 30 years from now. So we try to create it so it's very flexible for the individual. Um, there's a debit card option where if the individual wants to get a debit card, um, they can start using the money tomorrow. Or again, they can put it in a, in an, a true investment account and, and save it for, for the future. Well, Chris Howard from uh, from the Executive Director of Mississippi Department of Re Rehabilitation Services, I really appreciate you joining us today, and uh, send send our our thoughts and and prayers to your team as they continue to sort of grapple with the COVID situation and provide this really critical service to Mississippians. And uh, we probably should have you back on more regularly. This is such an important conversation, and uh, uh, you know, good luck as you guys continue to try to get the word out about about all these programs. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show today because, it's, it's again, it's so important to talk about our programs. And we've got a huge number of programs. So, yeah, I would love to come back on your show and, and yeah. tell your listeners some of the other you know things we offer. Because We'll set that really up. We'll set that up for sure. Hey, it's yes, been sir. a pleasure. When we come back, we'll have Jeff Duncan from NOLO.com and the Times Picayune. See you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.